Welcome to File Under Entertainment Podcast with Eric and guests. This week I have Erica back. She was here for uh, Fiona Apple and Fugazi. How are you doing, Erica? I am great. How are you? I am great too. Thank you so much for coming back for this end episode. We have Newfound Glory and Nine Inch Nails. It's been kind of a working... <laughs> A work in progress here because uh, super producer Jared is not joining us today. Um, he had prior obligations with stuff, so we're trying to figure out Zoom and OBS and all kinds of fun stuff. It's just absolutely great. So <laughs> we're going to figure it out together, buddy. It's going to be good. It is. It already is great. We talked for a little bit. Uh, off mic about what's been going on, but do you want to fill people in on where they can find you? Sure. So to give you all a rundown, if you hadn't heard me talk on this podcast before, um, I'm the manager of a record store in Southern Maryland, which if you don't know where that is, uh, greater DC, Maryland, Virginia area, um, Bird City Records, we are women owned and operated. We try to have a little bit of everything as far as vinyls, um, tape and CDs. So Come find us if you're around. Our website is birdcityrecords.com. We also do the Instagram thing, Facebook. We don't Twitter. Maybe we should. But anyway, um, yeah, I've just been doing the whole record store thing and it's been great. That's my full-time job now. So it's nice that I'm not working 60 hours a week and also trying to schedule podcasts. Yes. Yeah. It's a huge deal. Just podcasting alone, like we were talking, is kind of like a full-time job, especially if it's, um, you know, research intensive. So yeah. Well, and as far as me personally, like, I guess if people want to find like me, just me, um, Twitter at Raven Heights, um, Raven Heights photo on Instagram. And that's where I do my photography and zines and stuff. Even though, to be honest, I haven't done that much lately, but that's okay. There will be more. <laughs> yes it's uh yeah again just like side passion projects kind of take a back seat when real life stuff gets in the way and real life stuff has a habit of getting in the way so it's adulting is ridiculous yeah I why do we it. do it <laughs> i don't know <laughs> i don't like it at all we were also joking about like as we age just like hurting yourself by sleeping and long car rides just being completely miserable and um, but I guess one good thing that comes from car rides, you mentioned like Spotify playlists and like uh, music is obviously something that we're both passionate about. So who's the artist that you brought for us this week, Erica? I am so excited. I want to talk about Newfound Glory because I have loved this band since I was in middle school, which was a very, very long time ago. Um, okay. Did you want me to go on and on about them? Well, I yeah, a mean, little bit. Yeah, if you want to, like, uh, like how you first got and how you first heard of them, or how you got involved with them, and sure. Well, like as far as factoids or whatever, the only thing I really know is that they started in 1997. And they're from Coral Springs, Florida. This is how I got into them. This is so funny. So I am from Good Charlotte's hometown of Waldorf, Maryland, and back in the days of AIM and chat rooms, like mid 2000s. I met a friend who's from Newfound Glory's hometown and we bonded over that. So we were like sharing pop punk stuff back and forth. And side note, this friend who I've been internet friends with for 20 years now, we're finally meeting in person like next month. That's awesome. 
so I thought it was interesting that like now we're doing this thing and I get to talk about newfound glory and it's like well <laughs> every time I think of this band I think about my friend Devin so very cool yeah that is but really um cool. but yeah um I don't know just they've always reminded me of good times and like heartbreak in a good way because they're so um full of excitement but also talking about sad shit like at least half the time <laughs> yeah um i've seen them in concert probably three or four times and they're always super cool i got to meet them one time too and that was pretty awesome nice that is really neat yeah that was when they toured with paramore like 12 years ago maybe okay yeah so the uh mark the guy that i do the evil mark show with uh, the mm-hmm. sports show um he was super excited about this he's like yeah erica is incredible like she had like had so much knowledge about fugazi she's super cool and she also likes newfound glory that's great like he was super excited he was even trying to speculate about what songs you're going to be bringing i was like yeah i don't have the list yet we're gonna have to wait we'll find out together well i hope i hope he loves my list but i can tell you now he's going to be disappointed because i have no no fun facts i i just really like their music and I'm not as well versed because they're not from here. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what it's all about, though, is the music. Yeah. He was, yeah, he was speculating. I think, yeah, one or two of the songs that you did bring to the table mm-hmm. is ones that he thought were like, oh, that's got to be on the list. So I think I love be- his excitement. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He, he he's incredibly passionate about music as well. Like he's a big, like Grateful Dead guy. So he was on for Grateful Dead. And we get he- a lot of those in the record store. A lot of deadheads. Yep. <laughs> so yeah, he was super excited about what you're going to be bringing. So I guess with that, we should start with the music. Uh, what's the, the first song that we have on the docket? Well, the first song I picked is the first song from my favorite album of theirs. And it's just appropriate as fuck. It's understatement. Okay, let's give this a listen. This is understatement. I'm sick of smiling, and so is my job. Can't you see my body's drunk way down? I'm sick of being someone I'm not. Please get me out of this song. I'm sick of clapping when I know.
is a great way to start us off why did you choose this song though Eric? first of all sticks and stones is a perfect album and i heard this for the first time when i was 12 or 13 and i'm 32 now and it's still it's still it's perfect like i just don't have i agree to say uh... about um and, and that's and again you think about um your favorite albums. And I guarantee one of the things that all of them have in, have in common for you is you feel like the first track sets the tone mm-hmm. and damn, like yeah, I could have done. Yeah. I could have done my friends over you, but everybody's heard that song and I just prefer that one, I guess. But for being about relationship woes, like, damn, is it catchy? <laughs> yeah, for sure. It is. It's uh, yeah. Just those riffs, the delivery. It's uh, it's great. It's, an incredible way to start us off um yeah i i unfortunately didn't take a lot of notes on this band either because honestly i thought that you were gonna have the same level of preparedness as the fugatisu thing i was like she's got this covered but yeah i'm sorry no 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 problem at all i I completely understand i I know you've got stuff going on for sure so it wasn't we probably should have conversed more like uh, I, I know it was last minute, but um, like I even said, hey, we still good for recording? And you're like, thanks for reminding me. <laughs> like I straight up and it's so stupid. I've, I've had it written in my planner for weeks. And then when you said that, I'm like, oh, right. This day is coming up very, very soon. Well, because when you make the plans initially, especially when it's like, I think it was like three weeks out it's just like oh that's that's future erica's problem right like well and additionally at my old desk job like i had to look at my planner every single day and now i work at a record store like i i don't really have to do that i do it like twice a week to be like oh do i have social plans on my days off and that's (laughs) anyway um the point is we're having fun so it'll be fun for the listeners for sure Absolutely. Well, I, I know that you do have to work a long shift tomorrow, so we're going to try to uh, get through this episode and not have it be like four hours and 26 minutes, which is what the M episode was. Now, to be fair, there was multiple guests. It, like Jared was on talking about Metallica, Jake and David were on talking about the Mountain Goats, and I was talking about Massive Star. So we were, we did have an additional artist, so five more songs than we normally have, but it was like four and a half hours. So we certainly don't want <laughs> to keep you on for well, 40. well first of all um i love mazzy star so um your pick is my favorite pick that's cool uh, well that's cool well so you have like four hours and 26 minutes and minutes worth of uh entertainment if you find yourself wanting to listen to something you can... yeah i'll throw it on at the store awesome that, yeah. that's cool all right so this next song what what's uh what are we going to hear with this next one 
Well, we're sticking with Sticks and Stones album-wise. This song is called Head on Collision. All right, here it is. outros yeah <laughs> i never realized that before 
but also that's as close to a ballad as they get really yeah but it's a good one it's it's so like, good yeah the lyric writing along with the musicality yeah it's just uh this is a really good pick that you've brought for us today so what, Thank like, you. what, what was uh with that song what's the reason um lyrics that? actually um specifically it's not just what you say to people and it's not the way you look at me it's the way you present yourself for all your worst critics to see like that, that like has res yeah, that's been resonating with me forever so anyhow um great song and again it's to show a different side of them like that's about as close to a ballad as they get unless you count um some of the covers that they've done on there mm -hmm. from what are those called like from stage to screen um you know what i'm talking about they, yeah. they do a bunch of movie covers and some of those are slower but um two different sides of one perfect album agreed i had I don't, know, I don't know what else to say. I completely agree. We're keeping it short. And you know you know what's appropriate about that? We're keeping Newfound Glory short because their songs are pretty short. But with Nine Inch Nails, yeah, well, I we're going to talk. <laughs> for, the, for the most part, I think uh, I try to keep those reasonable. There's The longest song is seven minutes long. But I mean, yeah, it's, it's quite a bit. You, so, you yeah. could go longer. So I'm, I'm oh, proud yeah. of you for your like um, restraint for Thank sure. You. Yeah, I did... Uh, uh, like I was saying uh, in the, the text, I try to do ones that are like my personal favorites that are also recognizable, but aren't like what everybody's heard, you know, like everybody's mm -hmm. heard closer and, you know, all those. So I, I did try to go in a little bit different direction. I think that longest song is probably one of the more popular ones, but it's, it resonates with me for you know, personal reasons, which we'll get into, but we're not there yet. We were still on New Bon Glory. What's next on the docket for us? Sure. Um, the next song is from an album called Catalyst that came out. I believe it was the one after Sticks and Stones. But this song is Failures Not Flattering. All right. Here it is. What's your problem? Can't you see it? And you go and blow it like everyone knows you will. Mark, but a rarely the lasting impression 
long outros. Like I can't stop thinking about that now. <laughs> yeah, that's the, the patented thing, apparently, with, with these <laughs> songs. <laughs> so this one I chose particularly because of the album it's from. I actually don't like Catalyst at all. That is the only track from that album that I like. Okay. But it's super good. Um, also, I think the backup vocals are really fun on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah it's it, a little bit different. Yeah, lyrically, it's really good again. Lyrically, <laughs> like cats uh, being. I love watching your cat just like leap around <laughs> your headphones. Well, he loves being up with me, which is great. Like if he sits still, but he always wants to walk all over everything. And then, like, you know, just it's, <laughs> yeah. So I try to get him if he's going to be up here to sit on the back of the chair and he always has, he wants to guest host and you're not letting him and he's <laughs> he frustrated. He's actually, um, we did a segment now that's part of the evil Mark show with uh, it's called what's Wrigley watching because he wanted to always be a part of the show. Like when we were doing stuff for YouTube, we were actually having a video and he would always be like on camera, like showing his his uh, butt on camera and everything and like cheeking the microphone and all this kind of stuff. And so uh, Mark and I were joking, like, yeah, he, he wants to desperately be part of the show. So we have to come up with a segment for him. So it's uh, it's pretty great. But yeah, that's he, awesome. He can be a little extra sometimes. So. Well, can't we all? <laughs> yeah, that's true. All right. Um, to, next on the docket. Uh, next on the docket is a song called Better Off Dead, which is from their, I believe it was their first album. They're self-titled. And the reason, well, I guess I'll get into the reason after we play it. So okay. hold, hold that thought. <laughs> All right. Here it is. Better Off Dead. So 
Oh no! Oh no! That's oh no! We don't want to get into the next one. Okay. All right. No so, long outro. Did you notice? No. Yeah, that was just very abrupt, and it went right into the next one. So we don't want that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. It's good. So better off dead. Yeah, it's great. Um, again, it's like a kind of fucked up breakup song, yeah. but it's it's so catchy and the energy is amazing. Yeah, definitely more of the the punk era, like from their their self titled. Yeah, one, and, and the, the that's what I love. It. And um, I think it goes to show that they've they've had amazing energy from the moment they became a band. Yeah, Just it's a, every a everything. Yeah, and if you ever see them live, like one of the times I saw them live, Jordan was in a cast on his leg, had crutches, and was still <laughs> like leaping into everything that's incredible yeah just I don't you gotta know. appreciate they're, just, they're perfect when they really buy into you know the rock and roll sorry can't speak rock and roll lifestyle where they just abandon everything like even personal health and safety. yeah well that's how you know they give a fuck and <laughs> <laughs> i like a lot of other pop punk bands too for sure but just no one compares to newfound glory i just I wish I could elaborate further and sound super well versed in research, but I'm just like, I don't know. I just, I like them a lot. Yeah. They're one of those bands that like, uh, that I like hear from you and certainly other people where it's like, they always have high energy shows and yeah, they, they I would, never I would see them. Yeah. I would see them 10 more times easily. Just doesn't matter how old those guys get. <laughs> and they, they never disappoint it's like no one ever really says like oh yeah that you know the the cincinnati leg was like really bad like they did just weren't ever. it yeah yes yeah. but and i always really appreciate that when i hear about that band that like they know what the fans want and for them it's like maybe the one and only time that they ever see them so they really bring it every single time like for mm-hmm. these guys it's like doing the same set list over and over and over again i would think that that would get so monotonous especially on like a 50 city tour or something that's like show 49 you know having the same energy as show one but yeah these guys are certainly one that you hear always does that and i appreciate that because i don't know that i would be able to do that yeah well not not when your songs sound like this you can't get tired of them just you have to breathe it well, you would, I don't know. I would think that maybe they try to vary the set list up enough where it's yeah. like they're not, you know, you know, it's what I not mean? the same order every time. Yeah. Yeah. So that kind sure. of maybe like breathes new life into it because I, I would just, it would feel like, I don't know. Me pers- maybe that's just my lazy. <laughs> no, not at all. But- no, I heard a story once and I can't remember who it was. I think it might've been Ozzy Osbourne. Where talking about like, don't you ever get tired of playing Crazy Train every night? And it's like, no, well, that's what the people want to hear. So I'm going to give it to them. That's cool. Yeah. Well, the, those are the ones that are like cognizant enough of like the fans put them in the position that they are. You know, some people have like too big of egos where they think that they're better than everything. And those are maybe the ones that are like, yeah, I'm, I'm going to do what I want and not. Yeah, sure. So. Uh, but it almost sounds be- that I'm like that way that I would have that kind of ego, which I certainly do not. So, <laughs> well, I was about but. to be like looking at you, Metallica. Then I'm like, I'm full of shit. I don't know if that's how I feel at all. <laughs> I've just seen some kind of monster too many times, and I feel well, like everyone's a dick but Kirk. <laughs> well, we we did talk about it kind of at length. 
during the Metallica episode where like they are a band that has sued their own fans where like they uh, they singled out those 300 some thousand people that were on Napster that were like pirating their music and sued them. So it's like they're, they're the kind of band that certainly will, you know, kind of spit in the face of their fans. So. And it's it's funny because their entire catalog is available on Spotify now. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> but uh, yeah. somehow that's OK. I All guess right. they so, get two cents. Well, I mean, do they really need any more money now? No, point? not at all. Not at all. Um, are we moving on to our final Newfound Glory song? Yeah, yeah, unless you've got anything more to say about Better Off Dead, you know, like specifically why you chose that one. Or... I mean, just it's it's another killer first track off an album. And that was the big thing of it. Um, but the next track we're about to play is actually my favorite Newfound Glory song. Okay, saving the yeah. best for last. This one yeah. is sucker Nice. 
<laughs> we got a little sneak preview of what's coming up next. So, okay. So that's your favorite newfound glory song. Yeah. Um, it's just sweet and reminds me of like high school romance. Yeah. There's not much to elaborate on. It's just, I think it's a really sweet song and I like it a lot. Okay. So yeah. what, what was the first song that you ever heard? Like what really got you into the band in the first place? Um, my Friends Over You. So the okay. hit that they had from Sticks and Stones. Okay. Um, and then I loved that album. And then I went back to the first album and then all of their like movie song cover albums. And then I told you Catalyst happened. And I was like, no. Yeah. yeah. Except that one song. Um, and their later albums are, are good but none of them compare to those first two for me. Yeah, well, especially if you like more of the punk aspect rather than the pop that it seems like they get into towards in the later offerings then, yeah. Yeah, sure. yep. Understood. Okay, um, well, I guess if you don't have anything further with that, we'll move into my selection then, which is- This is going to be fun for the listener. Like going from one end of- moods to another wow <laughs> a little bit yeah they're used to going on these weird journeys with us though so all right uh nine inch nails commonly abbreviated as nin uh, american industrial rock band formed in cleveland in 1988 singer songwriter multi-instrumentalist and producer trent Reznor was the only permanent member of the band until his frequent collaborator atticus ross joined permanently in 2016 the band's debut album pretty hate machine from 1989 was released via TBT Records. After disagreeing with TBT about how to promote the album, the band signed with Interscope and released uh, Broken in 1992. The album's Downward Spiral in 1994 and The Fragile in 1999 were released to critical acclaim and commercial success. Uh, they had a long hiatus, hiatus, but then resumed touring in 2005. Uh, they released the album with Teeth that year. Uh, 2007 was the release of Year Zero. Uh, then they left Interscope uh, after a feud. They began touring independently and released Ghosts, Volumes 1 through 4 in 2008, and The Slip, and also in 2008, before another hiatus. Eighth album, Hesitation Marks from 2013, was followed by a trilogy, which consisted of EPs, Not the Actual Events, Ad Violence, and their ninth album, Bad Witch. In 2020, they simultaneously released two further installments in the Ghost series, Ghost 5 Together and Ghost 6 Locus. Uh, sold over 20 million records. They've been nominated for 13 Grammys. They won for the song Wish, which we're actually going to hear first. It's the first ever Nine Inch Nails song that I ever heard. I heard the Broken EP before I heard the debut album, Pretty Hate Machine. So that's kind of holds a special place in my heart. Um, I did go, yes, I, I went in chronological release order. As I noticed. <laughs> you by the way. Hear yeah you won't hear uh closer or probably the most like known songs wish and we're in this together and maybe only is probably like one that people really know but certainly the the other ones i think are are kind of less they are uh inducted into the rock and roll hall of fame and they've been named to the top 100 artists of all time uh yeah i heard of this band through a friend that had the broken EP and he put wish on and it was like oh my god my entire worldview has changed it uh kind of like the epiphany that Jared had 
when hearing Metallica for the first time, I heard Nine Inch Nails like kind of like into their career. But me hearing this was like, I have to absorb everything that they've ever done. And he's, he's, he's very prolific with his stuff and lots of like remixes and all kinds of EPs and stuff. So that you're never at a shortage for finding Nine Inch Nails stuff. So I know it's a, a connection to you as well. So what's your feeling on Nine Inch Nails? so many good feelings um funny enough i started with the downward spiral and went backwards okay. um because my my first listening of it i had a friend that um that had the cd and one night she just put her headphones on me and was like you're listening to this album in its entirety and i'm not going to take no for an answer and i'm like okay and i loved that and then i went back back to um pretty hate machine and then um what year did the fragile come out? I'm sorry, I can't remember the order. What is after 99? Okay, 99. So keep in mind, this was around about like 2003. So okay. I got into Newfound Glory around the same time as Nine Inch Nails. That's so weird. <laughs> um, but I went back to Broken and then forward to the fragile. Um, and there really isn't much that Trent Reznor has done that I don't like. Mm-hmm. Even a lot of the score stuff he's done with Atticus Ross. Um, movie movie things i i dig on quite a bit my personal favorite is um the fragile though yeah oh yeah there's well i mean there's a lot of content there and so many of them are great um and we'll i'm sure we'll get to that once we get to your one track but i love that album so much i have lyrics from that album tattooed on me yeah you mentioned that last time and when you said it's from la mer right and yeah like when, when you mentioned it like i it, it didn't connect at the time and like when i was listening back again i'm like those, those lyrics are all in french like do you have the french lyrics or the no English no actually um <laughs> i thought about it long and hard i decided to get it done in english because i didn't trust that the translation would be truly correct mm-hmm. and i didn't want to be that person that has a foreign language that do not speak <laughs> tattooed on them and it's like it's supposed to mean beautiful and turns out it means butthole like <laughs> that's fair enough <laughs> yeah so i wanted to <laughs> i I, fe- I would have felt like a poser if i if i got it done in the original creole french but um anyhow uh, yeah, that was just like something that just the, I, the disconnect. It was like you mentioned, I was like, oh, that's awesome. And then it was like, I was thinking about that when I was listening. I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's in English. Um, but I do want to say lyrics. before we before we continue, I, I very much commend your playlist right now. Because it's a beautiful sampling. Specifically, thank you for adding a track um, from Ad Violence, because I loved that. Yeah, it's. It's great. Of, of the mean, more of the recent stuff, that's my favorite. And yeah, and fair enough. So. I mean, I did try. It's so difficult, as I always say, like pairing all these songs down. This was definitely one where I started with like forty tracks, and I'm just like, okay, like uh, I can't have you know five tracks all from the same album. I have to try to space it out and get try to cover like the entire catalog, which obviously we're not doing. I'm not going. I'm going from like the second ep not his debut album so it's like already into his kind of music career established and nothing from like the most recent stuff i could have done five instrumental tracks alone yeah uh, just just from ghosts like that's it for sure yeah yeah and like a warm place is uh, another great one it's like there's you could do easy and i even thought about i was like 
maybe I should tell Erica to pick a sixth song from Newfound Glory because I was thinking like, you know, one thing that Nine Inch Nails always does is have a secret track. You yeah. know, like, and, and so I was thinking like, maybe we'll just complete the episode and then we'll have a secret track from both of our bands. And like, that would be like a, a cheap way of getting a sixth song in there. But alas, I, I didn't do Well, that. and one, one more thing before you kick this off. As cool of a guest as I am and whatever, you really should have <laughs> yeah. gotten my partner to be on this one because he is a Nine Inch Nails fanatic. You mentioned, yeah. Like, so, like very strong. Um, well, he would have a lot more fun facts for you than I would. Well, I, I'm just hoping that he will look at the list that what I've cultivated and appreciate like that I did try to get something from like every era and, and that he won't think like oh why would he choose that song hopefully he'll agree with the selection and uh that he won't be disappointed well we'll see time will tell. <laughs> okay so let's get into this this is wish <sighs>
Yeah, it's great. Another long, staticky outro for these guys too. Okay. <laughs> yeah, so that's Wish, the second track from the debut EP, Broken from 1992. Uh, it was released as a promotional single from the EP. The drumming on the track was performed by Martin Atkins. Wish is the lone Grammy winner for Trent Reznor, Best Metal Performance. It came in 1993, referencing a lyric from the song Trent Reznor later joked that his epitaph should read, Reznor died, said fistfuck and won a Grammy. <laughs> I love that. That's comment. perfect. That's it, hilarious. Uh, it's spot on for him. Uh, the song displays that era's characteristic aggression and abrasive guitar attack. It keeps with the general mood of the broken EP and includes a numerous angry and self-deprecating lyrical passages, but unlike other songs, also shows a desire for something more. That is from the Nine Inch Nails wiki, uh, the like lyrical, lyrical interpretation. Um, yeah, just it's the holds a special place in my heart because it is the, the first song that I ever heard, like just from that beginning, like the distortion, I was like, what is this? But it was a similar kind of thing, you know, not, not with the headphones. I wish it would have had the headphones, but just like, yeah, a, a friend throwing the, the CD on and saying, you have to listen to this. This will change your life. And it absolutely did like so great and love that song. And yep. And it's explosive. It is. It's another one that with the thing we picked a theme with like, songs that lead off the albums because yeah what better way to pace than with some of these songs that we've cultivated here it's it's pretty great what do you think about this one um again the word is explosive um i just love that if you if you were to introduce someone to nine ish nails with one track i think this may be the one where it's like do you want to know what these guys are fucking about <laughs> there yeah yeah, that's that's pretty spot on. It's like, I, I don't know. I, I think people would probably maybe say closer because Downward Spiral. Yeah, is but I'm so tired of that song. <laughs> the yeah. ra- video killed the radio star. The radio killed Closer. It's yeah, for sure. And it's well, definitely well, not it's a one... great song, but you know it, what I mean? Yeah, it's sure. overplayed so yeah. much. Head like a whole as well. I could do without listening to that one again. Yeah, that was one that certainly made the initial list for the Paradigm, but it was like, it was one of the first cuts. It's like, I, I wanted to have something from Pretty Hate Machine, but I was like, yeah, everybody knows all of these songs. And so, I, like, it's down in it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I almost went with like Ring Finger uh, just for something from that album, but it's like, yeah, that it was one of the last ones to get kind of eliminated. I wanted something from the early things, and I knew that I had to have Wish because it is such uh, like the strong introduction, like you said, not only leads off the EP, but it's like could lead you to exploring the band further. So, mm-hmm. and yeah, obviously being the first one that I've ever heard, you know suck with the entire lifetime fandom for this band based on hearing that song for the first time so um, the next one on the list is from the downward spiral which is famous for having closer on it but this is actually the song that comes immediately after so i think a lot of people will probably skip it because they either double back to closer or they kind of jump around uh mr self-destruct is on there as well warm place there's a lot of great songs on that album but this ruiner is one of my favorites it has me an incredible too. guitar riff in it that he well i'll get into it because there's a pretty 
funny thing. Like I, I really love like the self-deprecating stuff that that he does. Like he mm-hmm. he doesn't take himself too seriously. And he has this uh this comment that he made about the guitars that he did in Ruiner, thinking they weren't great, and everybody else thinking that they're awesome. So let's give it a listen. This is Ruiner.
I love the way that just abruptly ends too. Yeah, so. you got to be on top of that pause button. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think I got it pretty good. Uh, Reznor stated that this was the hardest song to write for the record in a 1994 interview. He said, quote, I still don't know if I got it right. I have such a bad vibe from that song now from it sucking in so many different ways. That was actually two different songs stuck together. And quote, uh, the bridge of the song features a rare guitar solo, as previously mentioned. Uh, in the April 1994 issue of Guitar World, he was asked about it. Guitar World said, I wanted to ask you about the solo in Ruiner. How did you get that really nasty, ultra-quantized sound? And Reznor said, ah, yes, the great Pink Floyd-esque 70s-sounding section of the song. That's just a preset on the Zoom. I think I accidentally called up the wrong patch. I'm not a soloist. I was just laughing when I was playing with this ridiculous sound, recording it into the computer, saying, like, this is so cheesy, you know? I later realized that I was basically trying to play a comfort comfortably numb type solo with the sound. I played the song for Chris, our drummer, and I was thinking he's going to start laughing at silly, but he goes, man, that guitar section was fucking great. And I got to agree. It is. That's great. my favorite I, part of the song. Yeah, absolutely. It's great. I just, I wish that the, the lyrics weren't so understated because so much, there's so much going on like sonically and most of the stuff you kind of have to have the lyrics in front of you to like, he said, uh, maybe it's a part of me you took to a place I hope it would never go. And maybe that fucked me up more, much more than you'll ever know. It's just like so many of the, of the great lyric writing kind of gets outpaced by just the other weird random shit that he has going on in the song. And it's just that album in general, like it seemed like it was very much an experimental kind of cacophony of sound. And Absolutely. Um, and I, I love every track on that album for the record. But if you were to ask like my favorite chunk of it, because they do bleed in one another sometimes, mm -hmm. oh, yeah. um, a warm place through reptile. Yes. is like the sweet spot for me. Yeah. So good. No, I absolutely agree. Yeah. Reptile was certainly another one. It's so difficult. Like the, I think the only one that I just completely eliminated right out of the gate was closer. It's like, there's no way that this is, you know, getting uh, in the final five, but everything else on there and like a warm place certainly has a soft spot in my spot in my heart too. But I was like, yeah, I can't have just a purely instrumental one. Like if I was going to do that, I probably would have been something from ghosts. Mm -hmm. Um, because there's so many of them. There's like, you know, five albums worth of just instrumentals. So Well, well, two things I want to talk about before I forget, if it's okay. Yeah, um, about Reptile, I think the greatest version of that song to ever exist is when Nine Inch Nails were on tour with David Bowie and they recorded it live. Mm -hmm. Just, damn, it's fun. It's so fun to see Bowie get almost like manic with industrial <laughs> music. It's great. Yeah. Um, and additionally, I was watching and I, I'm probably butchering this. It was some documentary. It may have been during the self-destruct tour, but how many probably hundreds of thousands of dollars in keyboards that those guys destroyed on stage. <laughs> oh, yes. Like, look it up. It's amazing. <laughs> yeah. Just that, that was the thing. And I think that's even cooler than like the classic throwing a guitar over your head, like yeah, it's just it's much... keyboard debris. <laughs> right. Yeah, there's so much more of it. Yeah. Like you, you smash the guitar and it's like, okay, you have the neck and then you have like the body and then like, that's pretty much it. 
And then yeah. largely it's held together by the strings then at that point, but the keyboard, that's going to go everywhere. Everywhere. <laughs> so, you know, yeah, and it's like, this. well, got to fix these keyboards now. <laughs> Maximum carnage. And I think that's definitely uh, was an intentional thing. Um, so, I'll do some research during the next song to see if I can get you a figure. <laughs> of like the dollar value or how many yeah, they actually destroyed? The, okay. Both, if I can. <laughs> Sweet. Awesome. All right. So this next one is arguably probably one of their more famous songs, but I love it because like you were mentioning about Newfound Glory, like not being like big on ballads, obviously a lot of uh, Nine Inch Nails lyrics are kind of dark and like, dare I say, depressing in a lot of ways. It's it kind of trends towards the, the darker side of humanity, but wearing this together is such, I mean, it obviously still has some dark elements to it, um, but at the end of the day, it is kind of like a ballad and it's like a love song. And it's like a, we're, mm-hmm. we're in this together. This is the, literally on the nose with the title. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll get into it with the thing about, you know, uh, the tie in to David Bowie, uh, mm-hmm. as you just mentioned, um, it's kind of like stylized after his heroes song. Um, but yeah, let's give it a listen. This is, by far the longest track that we're going to be listening to. So buckle up for seven minutes and 15 seconds worth of We're In This Day. Down the path We have chosen 
I like the polar opposites of like the the chaos and just the hard driving and just the straining of his vocals. And then it finishes off with this like chill, relaxing piano. Uh, you know, it's just a totally different vibe within the course of the same song. And uh, I love that. Yeah. Um, and while that was happening, I did some math. <laughs> okay. Actually, no, what I did was I... I'm grateful for internet history remaining intact. I went back to the conversation I was having with my partner about it. Like I just <laughs> typed in um, the DX7, which was the kind of keyboard that they used on that tour, and yeah. immediately it popped up. So nice. fun facts are um, just guitars. Nine Inch Nails destroyed more than $160,000 worth of Gibson Les Pauls on the Downward oh Spiral God. tour. And... 90,000 in keyboards and I actually had to do the math to figure that out. The self-destruct tour was 45 dates not including canceled shows and the DX7 retailed about 2,000 a piece back in that year. Okay. So anyway, doing that math, 45 shows times like the 2,000 a piece is about $90,000 in keyboards. Oh but they destroyed on stage. So I did bring one oh, fun fact. <laughs> that <laughs> is incredible. Oh, thank you for doing that very sure. much. Yeah. Right. So we're in this together. It's the fifth track on the leftist of The Fragile from 1999. According to Keith Hillebrandt, the whole song started from something Reznor actually played at the end of another track. He wrote it up into an entirely new song. The lyrics may be inspired by heroes from David Bowie. Drums are pitched unusually high. And the reason for this is producer Alan Mulder initially thought that the song would go nowhere. It was only a seed of an idea at the time. So he turned the drums this way somewhat as a joke, but Reznor ended up liking it and left it. Reznor commented on the creation of the song in a Viva 2 magazine interview. He says, quote, when I wrote that song, it was one of the last songs for the record. I like the obviousness of the track, but it was fearful of the obviousness of the track. In a, in a record that I think is pretty dense and somewhat challenging to get through, I didn't want a song that was too obviously the hit single. Of all the tracks in the album, I think this was the hardest to arrange and mix because it was mixed poorly. It sounded too obvious in the context of the record. And at that point, we were very aware of the context of the record. So what I learned from the process of doing that was the vocal track I would have thrown out that was out of tune and my voice was breaking up was the one that I actually needed to use because it added a desperation that made the whole mood of the song feel right, end quote. So um, although We're In This Together was released as a single, was not, not performed live until the performance 2007 tour. The song is performed in a lower key, presumably due to the vocal strain required to sing it as it appears on the album. As a result, it's only been played five times in total and uh, la a song debuted on February 11, 2007 in Lisbon, Portugal, and was played at four other shows throughout the European Spring Leg. It has not been performed since. Wow. MTV's Gil Kaufman described the song as, quote, a seven-minute plus cathartic pop song with somewhat hopeful lyrics over a plotting hip-hop beat, walls of distorted guitars, and an eerie slasher film cricket sound, end quote. I... <laughs> have to agree and, and again like i started off by saying i, I like just the the disparate nature of it that you get the, it's like so many different things going on over the course of the same track and yeah one of my favorites yeah um i i love the fragile i love that album because it makes me want to cry <laughs> <laughs> but um i i love that you chose that track in particular because especially toward the end it's just beautiful melody and just 
all the good feelings you could possibly feel while your heart is breaking at the same time. Right. And Um, lyrically it is hopeful. It's a song that I definitely uh, think of like myself and my wife who've been through a lot of shit together. And um, this week actually coming up is going to be our 20th wedding anniversary. So what? Yeah, it's, it's a big milestone. First of all, you guys aren't that old. <laughs> I don't yeah. believe it, but that that's amazing. Congratulations. Thank you. It's yeah, it's a huge thing. And so when naturally when you've been with someone that long, you have been through a lot of shit, you know, life throws a lot of good at you and also a lot of bad. And so like, I, I definitely think of each other in our relationship when I hear that song and put us as like the title characters, like the the queen and the king that are going to survive through all the bullshit regardless of what you know life tries to throw at you to, to keep you down we're going to keep fighting and and get through it together we're That's in this so together oh <laughs> all right um do you have anything else on that one i you had made mention about well was that your comment about like the fragile was that you know like the heartbreaking stuff is just it makes you- oh oh it's just it's it's when crying's good that's all i can say <laughs> Like I told you about um, La Mer, like mm-hmm. it's my favorite track they've ever done. And I just want to cry every time I hear it, but in a, in a super good way. Yeah, it definitely was well, so. like the guy, like, what was the guy's name? Gil Kaufman? Is that what it was? Gil Kaufman. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It talks about like uh, cathartic, like. Uh, yeah. Cathartic. That's the perfect way to describe it. Yep. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. All right. So we've got two more on the docket. Uh, this one is from With Teeth from 2005. So uh, like six years after that, it was after the hiatus of the the opus that was The Fragile, which it has so many great tracks, uh, came back uh, with Teeth. And this is Only. Yeah. 
Okay. That was only, it's the eighth track from 2005's With Teeth. It reached number one on the Billboard Modern Rock chart where it stayed for seven weeks. It's the second successful release, second most successful release that Nine Inch Nails has had in the UK where it peaked at number 20. So contrary to the, the last one we're in this together, which has only been performed five times total, this one is the 20th most song, uh, 20th most played song live. It's a fan favorite. It's been a staple of all live performances for several years. Reznor has said that the song is about the music business clashing with his artistic desires. He says, quote, when you get on the path of trying to sell records, it becomes about selling more records and playing bigger venues. It's like, wait a minute. The goal has to be about making the best music possible or else it becomes something that will make you implode. Should I say yes to that Microsoft commercial because I could use a new house? Or do I say no because this is something precious that would be tarnished if I did that? I find myself saying this to record labels and business manager guys and they're like, you won't do what because of what? <laughs> End quote. Only was the last song completed for With Teeth. So it seems like I'm finding songs that he himself has trouble writing and recording or it seems like it you're like <laughs> every track is this was the hardest one to put together yeah. for this album you, you didn't it, know your theme when you did it no it wasn't a conscious thing it's just like these are the songs that i like and then when i started looking at the notes and seeing his comments it's just like oh maybe i just i like it because it feels like it's painful like it you know it's like <laughs> it was difficult for him to do and put together and so that's i don't know I love that song because it's about as danceable as they get. Oh, for sure. Yeah. So yeah. I can see why it is a fan favorite and why, like, what, how it would get people up and kind of rocking at shows for sure. Definitely. It's, yeah, like I was trying to do uh, my rankings portion and it's like, it, it's so tough. It is so hard. And it's yeah. like, yeah, I was trying to slot that one in somewhere because it's like, it was, I knew every word every beat every nuance and it's just like i love this song how can i be ranking it you know where i'm ranking it but it's just like oh that's so tough i mean i know personally i would rank it high just because i find it interesting that you have such a dancey like um self-aware commercial kind of beat but with such like contrary <laughs> um he's a lyrical fucking genius like i don't know yeah. For sure. And it's, it's yeah, I love that that's the message. Like arguably what would be his most commercial song that could be used in a Microsoft commercial. And there's still a like, bit of introspectiveness yes. there, but yeah. For sure. Yeah. And I love that, that she's like, yes, it, this, even though it sounds like it would fit, this is not what I made this song for. I made it for me and not for the commercial commercialization of it, which seems to also be a theme that we yes. kind of go with. Like we mm -hmm. like music. Fugazi. Yeah, yeah, and not like the commercial commercialization of it. So we're going to round out with uh, one that you were saying that you're happy that I chose a song from this EP, Ad Violence, um, because you really love it, as do I. Uh, this one is less than. I, once again, the lead track. <laughs> <laughs> so we definitely <laughs> went with the theme for sure. This is less than.
replay over again that was less than uh first track on the 2017 ep ad violence it was first made available through the official band youtube channel on july 13 2017 uh spin has noted similarities between less than and other nine inch nails songs such as similar lyrical refrains between the song and the 2013 single copy of a go and look what you've gone and done versus now look what you've gone and done and similarly structured ominous choruses between it and the 1990 single head like a hole with both songs referring to getting what one deserves yeah it's yeah it's, it's a great ep great song uh again not uh conscious decision on my part to start with a title track or a lead track um but it seems like a theme that we went with well, I, I guess that's kind of like some of your strongest songs are ones that you lead off albums or EPs with, right? So I mean, I guess. Yeah, definitely. Um, I love this one because it's a return to 80s synth. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, yeah. I, so I, good. I do love that. And I love how much he incorporates that. I, I love just that aspect of industrial in general. It's mm-hmm. 
so so incredible and i'm we're actually going to be i don't know if you're a fan of orgy as well that's the band that i'm bringing to you for oh oh that's so. exciting um i honestly i only know a couple of tracks but the tracks that i know i really like um i'm familiar with them because their singer did a song for the queen of the damned soundtrack you know i'm long time ago i'm kicking myself so bad because um we have a really like small kind of intimate um venue like within well it's not our town but it's the neighboring town mm-hmm. and like but like I, I pass it all the time and i'm always looking at the marquee and it's always just like you know like cover bands mostly mm-hmm. and orgy played there i don't know like i even followed them on twitter and they announced it and everything and like i completely missed it and like i already had other plans i was headed out to my brothers and i passed it and i saw that orgy on the marquee they were playing that night and i'm like how the fuck did i miss this like i would have loved to see them in such a small like because I, I i would have been within probably five feet of jay gordon like yeah it, uh, so i'm still kicking the myself. things we regret now <laughs> i completely understand that i've been there yeah but that's uh, too that's many times what's gonna be for <laughs> oh and it's along with uh mark who i do the the evil mark show with he's bringing oingo boingo to the table. i was about to ask what's <laughs> oh, oh oingo boingo i love them and orgy so it's gonna be a little bit disparate but um yeah so are you ready well unless you have anything more about less than or nine inch nails in general I mean, I, I think I've covered it all. Just they're they're amazing. I think Trent Reznor is such a genius. I, I think if we were to talk about the artists in our generation that are going to go down as the greats, he's right up there with the Beatles. You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. Um, so influential, so impactful. And- but even more on top of it. And And okay, one last thing that I will say, being a record store manager, like very much into vinyl person, I love how seriously he takes their um, the records they produce and the analog experience when he's um, producing. For sure. Yes. He's yeah. very like a, an audiophile for sure. Like every nuance matters. Mm-hmm. Like he doesn't want to leave anything to chance. And uh, I do love that. Complete his, creative like, control. It's amazing. Yeah, it is incredible. All right, so are you ready to get into the ratings portion then for? Yeah, Um, and thank you for making your screen where I can see my songs. I don't (laughs) even have to look it up on my phone. Great. (laughs) All right, so um, what did you have? What's your like number five? We'll go five to one. And I'm specifically doing my songs, right? Well, we're going to do both, but we're starting out. Okay, we're starting with Newfound Glory. Okay, Um, Sucker's my number one for Nostalgia um second is understatement because that album was my first introduction to them and it's such a damn kicker um oh now it's getting hard i guess i'd have to say number three is better off dead because when i think of newfound glory i think about positive energy and there's more positive energy in that song than head-on collision which would be my number four and failure is not flattering is a banger, but the only reason that I'm placing it at number five is I just really don't like the rest of that album. <laughs> That's fair enough. <laughs> I I agreed with uh, number one. I, I had Sucker. I also had Understatement at two. I went a little bit different. I went Head on Collision at three, Failure is not flattering at four, and Better Off Dead at five. 
Okay. So Nine Inch Nails, what what do you got there? Oh, it's so hard. Don't make me do this. <laughs> um, <laughs> honestly, uh, Ruiner, top seed for me. Um, okay. And that's because I started with the Downward Spiral and I just have a lot of love for that album. Mm-hmm. For being like, what what a fucking amazing introduction to a band. Um, next is going to be only and that's because of the danceability like i just i i really forgot until today how much i love that song <laughs> i had i rated this before i would not have put it this high just thinking about the titles but mm-hmm. it, it kind of stole my heart or whatever so there we are um oh man this is terrible <laughs> uh i guess next i would have to do um We're in this together because of how much I love the fragile as a whole. And I appreciate how the mood shifts so dramatically in that song. Mm-hmm. Um, I really don't want to put wish at the bottom. That's like hurting me. Um, <laughs> it's tough decisions have to be made. It's so tough. Um, okay. I'm going to put wish at number four. And it's not to say that it's a terrible song. It's just an amazing song but like it has to go a place so that's why it's going where it's going unless yeah. then i feel terrible about because i love ad violence but all of those other eps and albums are so strong that yeah. it just has to be that way uh, is how i, I feel no <laughs> yeah I, I can't fault you with anything i feel so bad because i put only at five like it's oh really I, yeah i mean it's it's one of my favorites obviously it made the top five but i said like in comparison to these other ones i put ruiner at four which is like uh, yeah in in a perfect world they all would be number one i got less than at three wish it two, and we're in this together just because of like the emotional you know, the, connection the yeah third like how much it means to me so that's my number one song also i apologize that i was going one to five but just no, I had, no, no, no. yeah yeah there's um, no there's no <laughs> strict rules that was so hard by the way like i remember doing this on the last episode we were on together but for nine inch nails in particular that just felt like i was like decapitating children it was just the worst (laughs) well that sticks with the dark theme that we got going on all right uh do you want to before we wrap up do the is it aerosmith game are you ready yeah yeah okay yeah all right so we've got uh as usual we've got um four snippets of lyrics here at least one of these is going to be aerosmith possibly more you have to tell me after i read the snippets which ones you think i think we'll i'll read all four and then you can tell me which one or ones you think it is. Okay. And then if you need me to reread them. Okay, so here we go. Well, I've never prayed, but tonight I'm on my knees. Yeah, I need to hear some sounds that recognize the pain in me. Yeah, I let the melody shine. Let it cleanse my mind. I feel free now, but the airwaves are clean and there's nobody singing to me now. No change. And we got holy lands are sinking. Birds take to the sky. The prophets are all stinking drunk. I know the reason why. Eyes are full of desire. Mind is so ill at ease. Everything is on fire. Shit piled up to the knees. We got, tell me something, girl. Are you happy in this modern world or do you need more? Is there something else you're searching for? I'm fallen. 
in all the good times, I find myself longing for change. And in the bad times, I fear myself. And then lastly, we have, we press play, don't press pause, progress, march on. With a veil over our eyes, we turn our back on the cause. Till the day that my uncles can be united by law. Kids are walking around the hallway, plagued by a pain in their heart. A world so hateful, some would rather die than be who they are. And a certificate on paper isn't going to solve it all. You're a trickster, bud. <laughs> because that first song, I've been... It's not Aerosmith, but I know who it is. Okay. Am I allowed to just... Yeah. Whatever. For sure. That first song is the Verve Pipe. Because I was sitting there saying those lyrics in my head for like 30 seconds. And I'm like, I know that song from the Cruel Intentions soundtrack. <laughs> and like, not, not Aerosmith. I don't think they ever did a cover of that or anything. <laughs> yeah, it's Bittersweet Symphony. So you got that one right. Okay, so... Yeah. so you are correct you're one for one what about the other ones which uh i don't think the second one was them but i really think that three and four were especially that last one because that last one just press play is an album of theirs so that like connects that i think that i was right okay so you're saying you're saying no to number two and yes to both three and four correct okay Number two actually was Aerosmith. Oh, was, damn it. <laughs> that was Nobody's Fault from Rocks. Number three is Lady Gaga and Bradley Cooper, Shallow. Oh, Jesus Christ. Yeah. <laughs> and number four, okay. Erica, you're really going to be disgusted by this one. This one. Number four, the, re- the press play, don't press pause one. That's Macklemore and Ryan Lewis. Oh, no. <laughs> Oh no. <laughs> so I was a trickster. Now, okay, to be fair, this wasn't one that I cultivated for you. This was one that I had chosen for M because I really wanted to try to trick Jake, David, and Jared with this list. But we ended up playing a different game in that one. So I just recycled those for this one. So I, I did have uh, a completely different list for you, but I ended up. <laughs> that's okay i'm sorry um i love this game because it makes me feel stupid every time but it's so funny (laughs) so you did get i think you should get bonus points for for knowing that it was bittersweet symphony so i'll give you bonus points for that but well i'm sorry you did not get is it eros well it was so hard because like you're saying it and i'm thinking about steven tyler the entire time i'm like (laughs) i'm sorry no no it's fine i'm just hearing him and seeing him with his microphone with all of his scarves and i'm just like it's not it's not computing it can't be him (laughs) yeah he is one that you definitely have that firm visual that's like implanted in your brain you can definitely see him yeah he's everyone's favorite grandma I don't know about favorite, but yeah, you said that's for sure. All right. Thank you so much for joining me on this journey, Erica. Tell everybody again about the store and where they can find you and all that good stuff. Sure. So I manage an awesome little record store called Bird City Records in La Plata, Maryland, greater DC, Maryland, Virginia area. Um, no matter where you are in the world, well, I can't say the world. If you're in the United States and you like to order a t-shirt, you can order one from our website, which is www.birdcityrecords.com. Awesome. Yeah. And then Raven Heights stuff. Did you want to? Oh yeah. Yeah. I might as well plug that too. I just haven't been quite as active on it. So 
I like to take pictures of everything from pets to flowers to cemeteries, and I make fun prints. I also make zines. If you'd like to follow me on Instagram, I do that way more than Twitter. It is at Raven Heights Photo. Awesome. This has been incredible. Yeah, like go check out the store. Tell her that you heard her on this episode and then <laughs> talk about what newfound glory and Nine Inch Nails songs you would have selected instead. But make sure you buy something from the store. It's a great woman-owned thing that it's something that keep them afloat and going yeah. strong so. and fun fact right now we actually have records from both of the artists we covered tonight we have a nothing gold can stay that's a rare um beautiful yellow variant newfound glory sealed is in our special rarity box and we also in that same box have an original pressing of the fragile that is in beautiful shape and it's going for i think like 145 dollars or something wow. like that um if my partner didn't already own it. I would have picked <laughs> it up. But anyhow, yes. Um, well, thank you that's for a having special me. special one, though. That's, uh, I don't know if there's a birthday coming up or anything, but that would be a pretty yeah. <laughs> special. Yeah. <laughs> um, but no, it's been fun as usual. Thanks for having me again. Of course. Yeah. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah it, it's a blast as always. And it's, it's always great to talk to you about everything, especially music, which we're both passionate about. So. Thank you so much. Uh, I'm going to end the recording, but you don't have to leave just yet. I, I do sure. know that you have to start, go to work tomorrow, though. So I won't uh, you got me for another five minutes. You're good. <laughs> Thank you so much. Sure. Uh, that's the end of the show. We're going to slam that filing cabinet shut. Come back next time for Ongoi Bonko and Orgy. This is a file under your table. Thank you.